Audio. This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a comedian, a writer, a very good human being, Joe Starr. Hello, sir. <laughs> I'm uh, experimenting with my intro because sometimes I say "awesome human being" and uh, I like people don't very, like that. No, you know what? Very good was very seen, good was fine. Like it was honest and <laughs> like, I felt guilty as I was saying it though. Like I would say like maybe a B B minus no, human being it. is the I'll way take, it came I'll, out. I'll take a seven. <laughs> a seven. <laughs> He's a seven of a human being. I'm gonna just start doing that without any explanation, just rating people by numbers. I'm sitting in my home with a thirteen. <laughs> with a with a mild five. <laughs> a mild five. A disgusting two. That would be not a great introduction. No. Uh, but I'm happy to be here with a seven. Uh, can you tell people a little bit about uh, who you are? My name is uh, Joe Starr. I am originally from Louisville, Kentucky and moved to the West Coast and did stand up for about 10 years with uh, no real... Uh, traction or, <laughs> or momentum, and then am lucky enough to have just this year, uh, which we are now closing out, sort of have had like the best, dev- I mean, without question, the best uh, professional year of my life. Uh, I started working um, at Screen Junkies as the one of the writers of Honest Trailers. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, you know that. Like, we're not good at talking about good things yeah. ever so like it's especially it, after it, 10 years yeah yeah it like it hurts your comedian small talk a little yeah. bit where it's like what have you been up to and you're like what I, usually it's like career's good marriage just is like, good. yeah just grinding and you know just really kind of work <laughs> and uh so this is the first time like i've been like things are kind of okay right now so you're writing honest trailers and uh uh and like a million other shows for them yeah uh, we've been doing this roast series which you've been writing on uh, as well a little bit and appeared on uh yeah i got to be superman which got was to be awesome man of steel superman that was great <laughs> super bitter superman oh so good and um <laughs> and you guys were nominated for an emmy was yes that right? for writing which, was that specifically for honest for trailers? honest trailers okay. yeah which is so dumb <laughs> uh it was the first year that they did um uh, web series and so it was like us and epic rap battles okay uh gay of thrones from funny or die oh wow and then a thing james franco does i don't know what it's called it's and probably just called a thing james franco does. <laughs> yeah i think that's all of his that's how you refer to all of his projects. all of his movies should be called the that. other thing that james franco did you mean that no no no, no the no. other one the one where he's a teacher and gave you know talks no no, about... no the, the the other oh the, the other james thing. franco oh, <laughs> yeah, the other, oh, oh God. Yeah, yeah 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 the bad movie right yeah got yeah it. duh um and then um uh, Steve Buscemi's park bench, where he sits <laughs> on a park bench and talks to people. And um, I didn't even know that existed. And I, now my world is richer. I didn't either, but the Emmy voters went down the list and said, that's a name I know. And Steve Buscemi won the first uh, web series yeah. uh, Emmy, which did, is fine. Did going through the process of, you know, the media world is changing and things like Honest Trailers that are clearly insanely popular numbers-wise mm-hmm. being invited into what used to be the internet was not allowed into. Did you get a peek into how the actual industry feels about Honest Trailers? If they are aware that if they have a hit movie, it's going to be made fun of on Honest Trailers? Uh, we have, I think even before that, you do a little bit. We we have relation, kind of fun relationships with a few writers and directors. Oh, okay. Um, who are uh, Zach Stentz, who wrote um, X-Men First Class and Thor. Right, and, right. Uh, He's is, great. Yeah, one of the guys on uh, the CW Flash right now, great guy. Uh, he, um, he he's a good friend of the the channel and the show. And originally, someone had tweeted uh, the Thor honest trailer to him, and he okay. was like, "Ugh, fuck these guys! <laughs> uh, I'm so sick of this shit." And then, um, so then Andy, who's our uh, nerd Steve Jobs, uh, <laughs> reached out to him and was like, "Hey, we'd love to like have you on the show, and we can actually like." Because we're all fans, you know, right. and that, that's that's why I think what I think makes Honest Trailers really good is a honest over funny. Obviously, honest in a funny way, but honest over just like I wrote some jokes. Right. Um, so then uh, Zach, I think, realized he was talking about a different web series and <laughs> uh, has since been a really good buddy of the show. And like the Russo brothers were big fans of us after we did a 
very very complimentary uh winter soldier on his trailer okay came on all the time and then we did a less complimentary civil war on his trailer and we haven't heard from them since. <laughs> so so industry normals yeah exactly to <laughs> exactly yeah industry norms i did work at wb for a long time uh before i took the job here and a couple weeks ago uh, i went and visited uh some friends on the oh, lot cool. and uh as i was there uh, sitting on the the Warner Brothers lot, which if you live in LA and you've never been to on the back lot at Warner Brothers, uh, you should take that tour. It's cool. Yeah, it's I haven't. Such a cool, cool place. Oh, you have to take your wife while Stars Hollow is still up. Yeah. While I was like sitting on the back lot, I was also like reading through one of our drafts for the Suicide Squad on this trailer and was like, this feels dirty. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're actually like making fun of someone while you've like shrunk into miniature and are inside them. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> insane. I'm not curing his disease. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of transforming, uh, I think it's a pretty good segue. Oh, uh, man, we're going to yeah. talk about your obsession, which is Transformers. They are, they are more than meets the eye, Joseph Scrimshaw, you see. <laughs> they are, indeed. I think that's what most people know about Transformers. If they know nothing else, they, they know, know they know, line. They know truck. They know red truck. Yeah. Uh, they know the noise. I don't know how that'll pick up on mics. Uh, <laughs> pretty damn Yeah, and, and then I think more than meets the eye. Yeah, okay. So can you yeah. explain for people who have no idea what the Transformers are? I think most people do. But yeah. imagining like a strange cave person suddenly appeared in 2016. Yep. How would you explain Transformers? Transformers are uh, an 80s nostalgia-fueled um, <laughs> franchise in which two factions of robots, one evil and one good, are in a constant war, and they turn into things. Uh, one turns into a truck. One turns into a gun. They're the leaders. Some of them turn into planes. One of them turns into a green UFO. One of them turns into a Porsche. Yeah, it's okay. uh, it's good versus evil, and everyone turns into things to quote unquote disguise themselves. Okay. Which to quote uh, the very funny comedian Sax Carr, who said, "I can't think of a better disguise than a bunch of cars sitting in a meteor crater in a circle talking to each other. <laughs> like <laughs> nothing, nothing weird here. <laughs> like, How did they fun. get down there? Yeah. How are they getting back up? <laughs> that Volkswagen's just stuck down there with." With with those two trucks and that really nice uh, Ferrari. Yeah, one of them has no traction. Huh. Really low to the ground. That's not going to work. It's interesting to me that you say they turn into things, because I think most people's idea is they turn into cars, but they turn into lots of oh, things. Oh, they turn into all sorts of so things. So you have a yeah. broader perspective there. Yeah. Look, these things have been around for like 30 years now. 84, 94, 2000. Yeah. Yeah. They've been around. The math checks out. Forever. And uh, you got you got to broaden out from cars. <laughs> you got <laughs> to experiment a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, how did you first get hooked? Uh, was it way back in the beginning? The odd thing is, for me, Transformers is a thing, sort of like Star Wars, where like I can't remember not being aware of it. I was like a. I liked Transformers when I was a kid. I had a couple. Of, I didn't have many of the toys because they were very expensive. Yeah. Like, you could get a shitload of G.I. Joes, but, like, a Transformer was kind of an investment. Yeah, nobody ever... People would, like, blow up their G.I. Joe or Star Wars action figures. You never heard of people blowing up Transformers. Yeah, God knows. That's God just, knows. like, lighting money on fire. Yeah. I, I do remember not knowing a lot about the actual lore when I was a kid. Okay. Or, I, you know what? I did, but I made up my own based on what I had. Okay. You know, because I didn't have an Optimus Prime. I didn't have a Megatron. So, like... um and Megatron is the gun. The gun. Optimus He's the Prime. leader of the Decepticons. Optimus Prime is the truck. The truck. The yeah, red the truck. semi. That doesn't have flames on it. Thank you very much, <laughs> Michael Bay. Um, but what I did have was uh, I had an Autobot dragon. It was a gray, white, and black two-headed dragon that looked kind of like Gamora. Okay. Uh, Gamora? Gamora? Gam- I think Gam- Gamora, right? G- G- yeah, uh, Gamora. And, this is um, Godzilla, and then Gamora's... Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yes, thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Who I like, I think, I don't know what I call, I, I was like six, so I probably called him like Dragon Prime or like something <laughs> stupid like that. Um, uh, it was actually, it was actually a toy called Double Cross. That's, that's his name. Cause okay. uh, two heads you see. Neville. Uh. And uh, he was, uh, he was, do you remember in the 80s for a while there were just toys where like that would spark? 
And that was like a feature because kids needed a a flint lighter. Yeah, just to make the world seem even more dangerous. The threat of nuclear war isn't enough. Your toys need to light on fire. So he sparked. Okay. And uh, so like he he was like my biggest good guy toy. So he was uh, the leader of my good guys. And then I had um, another dragon that was a Decepticon, uh, also two heads, who was uh, actually a uh, Gestalt, which was uh, those packs like the aerial bots and the constructor cons that okay. would merge to form a larger robot and he was like the main robot of those so was uh, he just a torso when you turned him into a robot or uh no so he would be a robot and then he was a dragon and okay. then and then he would also uh uh torso uh um, okay we'll put a pin into that idea <laughs> okay uh, yeah i had no idea that there were dragon ones because yeah this yeah. is i mean the the initial conceit of transformers is they got confused when they came to the planet and saw all of these cars and thought that's what people are, well, right? Um, so did they also see dragons and things? So the basic, uh, so depending on like what you're watching or reading, like some of the Transformers lore will change and shit. Okay. But the basic conceit is pretty much always Autobots try to flee the planet because they, uh, so Cybertron's dying. That's their okay. planet. That's the their home planet of Cybertron. Uh, and this war has raged so long that there's no resources left. Okay. So the Autobots... Um, build a ship, and they throw a Hail Mary, and they leave to find resources okay. and, and maybe a way to, like, break this weird, like, robot war of attrition. Okay. Um, and, the Decept- and Megatron, who's just a vindictive fuck, is like, no. <laughs> uh, so they give pursuit. Uh, they board uh, the Autobot ship, which is called the Ark. Um, they fight. It crashes onto prehistoric Earth into a volcano, which is usually uh, Mount St. Helen. And basically, everyone's just comatose and deactivated uh, until uh, the 80s uh, when the <laughs> volcano erupts and it wakes up. Uh, it wakes up the computer system on the Ark, which is called Teletran. And uh, so Teletran scans the planet, basically, and uh, chooses everybody's alternate forms for them okay. and, and starts reviving people. Okay, so it's Teletran who's the dumbhead. Yeah. Oh, he says, Teletran. Be a truck. Be a cassette tape. Exactly. Be a dragon. So, like, everybody... Uh, I'm not good at streamlining thoughts. I apologize. <laughs> That's um, fine. So, the first, car- the first cartoon, the pilot, was uh, a four-parter called More Than Meets the Eye. And that was the very first Transformers Any content, cartoon. Like, before comic yeah, books, before exactly. anything else, it was a cartoon. Um, yeah. Uh, the toys were pulled from... Uh, there was a Japanese toy company called Takara. And they had two lines called Diaclone and Microman. Okay. And those were the original Transformers toys. Oh, wow. And they weren't doing great. And so uh, Hasbro picked up the licenses for them. And they were like, well, what can we do with these? And they passed them on to Jim Shooter at Marvel, who was the editor-in-chief at the time. Yeah. And Jim Shooter is the one responsible for fleshing out the ideas of Autobots, Decepticons, and like naming them and stuff like that. Okay, so he just pasted the story on the narrative so kids would get excited. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we're, we're uh, like, in spirit, there's sort of a Marvel thing, technically. Yeah. Um, Oh, where was I going? Oh, so in more than me say that starts on Cybertron. Okay, and um, everyone has alternate forms there too. Like they're just weird. Like, okay, these are future just... space cars and and stuff like that. They're never happy being one thing. Yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. So this is interesting because it sounds like your introduction to it that we were talking about was you were being creative in making stories out of the ones that you had access to, yeah. thus getting rid of all the narrative that Jim Shooter had yes. painfully put on in order to yeah, sell exactly. these things in the first yeah. place. Um, so that was uh, when I was a kid. And then um, I don't remember why. I uh, Oh, you know what? Okay, so then I, I got really into Transformers like as a fan. Like, I'm going to obsess about all of these I'm going to be things. the authority and know everything there is yeah, to know about like, them? Much older. Uh, so when I was in high school, they uh, restarted the the series. They did like a reboot with uh, okay. with a, a show called Beast Wars, Transformers right. Beast Wars. I don't know if you remember this or not. I saw it once or twice. Okay, so um, so Beast Wars was kind of cool, uh, just because um, it started out not cool. I remember seeing a commercial and just immediately being like, "The hell is this?" Was like, it early sketchy CGI animated? Yes. Yeah, it it uh, they blocked it in. Uh, in an hour block with that show reboot, which okay. was also kind of the same. So literally it was like, this is Transformers, but with animals like this is dumb. <laughs> They're this cars. Dumb. Come on. Yeah. So like the leader was literally called, he was, he was a gorilla and he was literally called like Optimus primal. And you're like, Oh, come <laughs> on. Um, but then, so they do a twist towards the end of, uh, I think the, f- 
first season. I can't. I'd have to do a rewatch. But they do a fun twist where you find out that uh, uh, throughout the first season they start dropping real subtle hints to like Cybertron and stuff like that. Uh, and they're not called Autobots and Decepticons. In Beast okay, Wars. so you're they're kind called, of waiting as a fan to see like does this like, connect to happening? the main narrative? So then they do this great twist where you find out they have also crashed on our Earth. After the Autobot ship crashed, they actually crashed and went through like a time portal. Okay. So they're from the far future, okay. where Cybertron has evolved into smaller, more efficient, energy efficient robots. <laughs> Hence, these guys. They've evolved into more opportunities to sell different toys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, They've become more American. But then the premise of that show becomes, if we can find the Ark, we can change the past. So the bad guys are like, well, let's just kill Optimus Prime in his sleep. You know, yeah. uh, uh, so then like it was that was like a really kind of cool twist for that show. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh, holy shit. Like this is this is really cool. And that really kind of revived uh, my fandom. OK. Uh, and I have uh, had an unhealthy one uh, ever since. Is it all just legitimate interest in the Transformers or was there any part of it where you were like, I want to know about this one pop culture thing like everybody likes Star Wars, there's a lot of know-it-all Star Trek nerds out there where you're just like, Transformers is going to be my thing. Honestly, they just kept uh, interesting me. Like, okay. they kept putting stories in front of me that I would be like, okay. Uh, around the time when they did Beast Wars, Marvel revived the Transformers comic. Oh, okay. And it was 90s as shit. It was <laughs> called Transformers Generation 2, and uh, they had all of these, like, Liefeld clone artists like drawn on it you know all these extreme 90s artists and like it was like <laughs> can you handle this many lines yeah exactly um and uh but when it came out i was like shit yeah this is awesome <laughs> give um, me more lines so i was reading that and then um it, it i feel like anytime my interest maybe starts to wane like something uh new will come out to so give you actual content that you can spin around in your brain in your idle moments and like think about yeah exactly cool um yeah and what is your relationship with the probably now more famous than anything else Michael Bay movies? Do you love them? Do you I, hate them? Uh, Do you God, love I, to hate I, them? I really dislike them. I think aside from interesting stories, there's there's a lot of the things that are that I just love about Transformers are just the iconic designs and the it's so colorful. There's a term for the setting that I love so much, um, which is uh, 80s retrofuturism. Oh, nice. Uh, which I only learned about uh, uh, because I was trying to give a designer some direction on a transformer, something I wanted to look transformery, and I needed a term that yeah. wasn't just transformery. So I looked <laughs> it up, and um, there's a term called retrofuturism, which is like, um, you know, if you want to tell a story that's set in what we thought the future would look like in the 60s. Right. It's like 60s retrofuturism. So there's there's something to 80s retrofuturism with like those trapper keeper lasers yeah like laser grids and like mullets and speed suits and like you know like robotech did the same thing yeah you know uh, that i just just really love um star wars sort of falls into the same thing like the future where there's robots but no internet and right you know stuff like that is just i love that kind of yeah i think the 80s brand there's something powerful about it because it is the first time where our imagination of the future starts to get darker Mm -hmm. But there's still something kind of innocent and dumb about it because it is like lasers. Like, yeah. It's going to be all lasers and sharp lines and our hair will be weird. But yeah. There'll exactly. also be an apocalypse. <laughs> uh, some, which is basically the movie, the 84 movie, which is still probably the biggest Transformers thing where it's like you still do have those dumb kid things. Like, yeah. There's like a angsty teen Autobot named Hot Rod uh, voiced by fucking uh, Bender from Breakfast Club. And... Um, <laughs> And his like sidekick is this little kid named Daniel who has a future speed suit that has a D on it with a hoverboard. But coming towards them is like a giant robot planet that eats other planets voiced by Orson Welles. So, yeah, yeah exactly. You're like, <laughs> hey, man, the future's real cool. Uh-oh. Yeah. Like, Everything's not going to be okay, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But my space mullet might be able to save the day. <laughs> yeah, so there's that little bit of hope within a lot of darkness, which makes sense, I yeah. think, for 80s and even early 90s. Uh, so you, do you still see the movies, even though you don't like the Michael Bay movies? Do you see them religiously? So I saw the first one and, like, walked out and was like, okay. And it's always odd to me with... Um, when you adapt these properties, like I feel like there are easy decisions that you make, and then when when you make them poorly, you make your job harder. Like yeah. they got rid of the noise, okay, the transforming noise, yeah, which is 
Transformers. Like that's yeah. The noise is the point. And so like when they got rid of the noise for the movies, you're like, why? Why? Are they just that it's like, well oiled? I guess they don't yeah, make any like, noise. Because it's like, A, that's brand identity. Yeah. But also B, the series did a on a purely technical note, the series would do a beautiful thing where like they could save on animation costs because a robot could run behind a wall and you'd hear a noise and then the van would drive out and they didn't have to animate that transformation. Oh, yeah. And it's like, how much CG animation money could you have saved? <laughs> With a simple trick, <laughs> like yeah. an off-camera transformer noise, and then there's a tank. <laughs> yeah. You know? like um, I've never seen a movie that is designed to prey on nostalgia fail at it so poorly. Yeah. I did not see the first Transformers movie. I liked it a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And then the trailer's like, that doesn't look like Optimus yeah, Prime. Yeah, they're it all just sound weird. like Optimus Prime. Yeah. And I didn't go, and I've never seen any of them. Because oh, they, you, man. they um, missed the nostalgia mark. They're, yeah, the first one's like, was bad for me because I was like, this isn't very Transformery. Like, everything's <laughs> just sort of gray. Uh, all the robots just look sort of gray and yeah. gross and bland. And it wasn't fun. And then uh, the next, the second one is legitimately just a horrible movie by like any standards. Is that the one that has uh, one of the Transformers being hit in the bo- uh, the robot balls? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's Robot Balls one. That's when uh, <laughs> uh, Devastator has balls, and and yeah, and and then they've just been kind of worse and worse like ever since. Yeah, and you know the personalities of the individual characters. Like I vaguely remember toys, but I don't mm-hmm. remember. You know these characters well, so you'll know that like. Not only should Devastator not have balls, but that's not the way he would think or yeah. act. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, they it, it was really kind of silly because they so Devastator is um, the the giant robot form of uh, the Constructicons, which is they are these like lime green uh, construction vehicle okay. robots. They're like a weird sort of evil, twisted science and engineering team. And the robot forms are really cool. And they turned into construction vehicles. And like when you were a kid, you're like, fuck yeah, construction vehicles. Uh, <laughs> you know, big, powerful But then they, they turned into this super robot. And for the longest time, Devastator was the only one. Eventually, I think someone at Hasbro was like, well, that sells well. More, 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 more. Uh, and then it's like, uh, aerial bots, technobots, uh, you know, stunticons, uh, uh, terracons. Yeah, keep going. Uh, money cons. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Uh, but... Devastator was the first one, and there's this amazing moment in the original 1984 movie where um, the Decepticons are basically, like, laying siege to uh, uh, the Autobots base on Earth, which is called Autobot City, uh, which is uh, near L.A.? It's in Northern California. It's somewhere in California. Uh, It's... Like Bakersfield. Technically, so in the movie, uh, there's, like, a shuttle landing at one point, and... um, Daniel, the little kid with the D in this uh, hoverboard, is like, let's watch the shuttle land. And um, and uh, Hot Rod's like, let's go watch it land on Lookout Mountain, which is a physical uh, street on, okay. in Laurel Canyon here. So every time I go by uh, Lookout Mountain, I'm like, why settle for a peak, Daniel, when you can see everything from Lookout Mountain? And then a Stan Bush song immediately starts playing in my head because I know every moment of that movie. Um what were we talking about? Uh, oh, uh, Devastator. Yeah. So there's this amazing moment where um, they're all just screwed. Uh, everybody's basically just in this like kind of like last bunker, and they've been kind of throwing everything they can at the Decepticons. And at this point, Megatron's just kind of toying with them, and he's like, "Constructicons, merge for the kill!" And um, the Constructicons start forming Devastator, and it's this great like prolonged transformer noise moment where okay. it just keeps going <laughs> as the camera pans up, and you, they just cut to the Autobots watching from this bunker, and they're just like, there's like real fear, and they're just like, "Fuck, Devastator!" <laughs> like they're so screwed, and then so you go from that, which is such a, it tells you everything you need to know about the situation, about the characters. Yeah, even if you don't noise. know anything about transformation, or, or even if you don't know anything about Transformers, you can watch that scene and be like, oh, they're terrified. Like, yeah. they're all going to die because obviously this thing is like a, just a killer. Yeah. Versus the Michael Bay movies where uh, just a bunch of just sort of bland general robots turn into a big thing and then it has balls and then <laughs> someone kicks the balls and it's, uh, yeah. And then one robot is walking around going, "I'm the balls," right? I mean, I guess yeah. Some like, one of them has the balls. It might maybe. 
I guess Bone Crusher had the balls, the bulldozer. Um, <laughs> the bulldozer. He's has the only one the to balls. me that would be uh, structurally sound enough uh, to have <laughs> testicles of that size mm, stored in his body. So you have obviously given Transformers plenty of thought. So I want to ask you some general questions. Yes. Have you ever thought for yourself if you could turn into a car, what car would you want to be? So a lot of Transformers fans are also then turn into like massive uh, car fans and a lot of Beast Wars fans are also massive furries. Uh, <laughs> fun fact. Uh, which I learned from years on the internet role-playing and Transformers role-playing rooms. <laughs> so um, that is one thing that sounds funny but is also just true, right? Also, yeah. yeah. Also just incredibly true. Um, um, uh, so, But I do like, uh, I like Alfa Romero cars a okay. lot. Those are like cool, sleek cars. Um you know what? I, I'm going to go Volkswagen. I have this weird affinity for Bumblebee. Okay. I just like that little dude. He, yeah, because he's, he's obviously the, uh, the Volkswagen. And I think at the time, there was a little bit of irony to it that everybody else was kind of like this big crushing or really cool car. And then it was like he was the yeah, he's more like, humble guy. Like, I don't care. I'll be a Beetle. Yeah, he, he's like a Beetle. But then also, um, you know, he's, he's like a small little like espionage. Oh, yes. Dude. Um, so like he's uh, and so like other, you know, comics and stuff like that have sort of explored that where like he's this tiny dude, but he's that that's brave and has a lot of heart. But also he's like this sort of like cool saboteur and you shouldn't underestimate him. Okay. But yeah, I've, I've always liked the uh, the small dude. So maybe him or like Cliff Jumper. Okay. Which is like a Volkswagen Beetle with a spoiler, I think, <laughs> that's red. Uh, what kind of car do you actually have in real life? Oh, I have a uh, Chevy Sonic. And if your Chevy Sonic turned into a robot, what kind of character do you think your Chevy Sonic would be? Uh, specific, actually, uh, our Chevy Sonic looks like a Stormtrooper helmet. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, it turns into uh, the traitor guy from... An, from Force Awakens, specifically, <laughs> oh, it turns into I'm a... I remember his, uh, I think, uh, FN2199, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Traitor! Traitor! Uh, <laughs> cool. Do you think any Transformers would want to be Uber or Lyft cars? Is that in their personalities? Has that actually been in the Michael Bay movies? Not in the Michael Bay movies, but you know, you know what my talk about it is... Um, so this is what has really kept me into Transformers as an adult. Yeah. Is uh, uh, the publishing company IDW... Re, like sort of revive the Transformers license in comic books. Okay, uh, they were running for a while. I didn't, I, and I hadn't read them. Um, I would see them every now and then, but it wasn't really like following them. And then they did a big um, event, sort of like relaunch, sort of like a, you can jump in and start reading here. Oh, nice! And they did something really interesting, which was uh, they um, ended the war, which is. The most simple idea. Yeah, to turn everything To on just be like, what if the premise of robots that are constantly at war just no longer had a war? They ended the war, and then that was like the starting point, basically, okay. for their new launch. So, so they it was launched, like an existential crisis then for all our kind heroes of. to so be they, like, what do I do? So they launched these two books, uh, which were called... Um, now, they're already different books now, but... Um, <laughs> They're called uh, Robots in the Skies and More Than Meets the Eye, were the, were the two books. Back to the basics. Exactly. Uh, so Robots in Disguise is about basically rebuilding Cybertron with no war. Okay. And trying to figure out, huh. And it's interesting because all of a sudden all of these neutral Transformers colonies and stuff like that who wanted no part of the war and had like left are coming back. Okay. So now all of a sudden you have this place that ripped itself apart with like a billion year war all kind of like looking at each other and being like well now what like i still hate you because you've been shooting at me right. for like a billion years so it's like this weird political drama yeah like it, it's uh starscream the um jet decepticon who was like megatron's treacherous right hand who always wanted to be the leader of the decepticon right. and he had a pretty famous voice yeah right? oh man. he was cobra commander's voice okay uh, chris chris lotta uh lotta yeah chris lotta is oh megatron da, 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 da. um someday <laughs> i'll be the leader of the decepticons and megatron's like you're an idiot uh so finally suddenly he's in charge he gets what he always wanted but not what he always wanted because yeah. now he's in charge of like <laughs> Just making sure a planet can functionally run. And he's like, what? Um, so that's really cool. And then the other book is um, More Than Meets the Eye, which is one of my all-time favorite comics. It's uh, Hot Rod, the Judd Nelson-voiced character from uh, the movies, who's this sort of arrogant upstart prick 
who's like very talented but thinks very highly of himself who literally in so in the cartoon uh, Optimus Prime dies and he becomes Rodimus Prime he takes over that's not acceptable well, yeah uh, which the cartoon quickly learned and, yes. and brought Optimus Prime back immediately <laughs> that name um, is not acceptable yeah no um, but he like in the, in this comic they sort of play with it and he he starts calling himself Rodimus like that's how much of okay. a prick he is <laughs> and he's like I know you guys all hey. hate this <laughs> uh, he takes a group into space because there's like a myth called the Knights of Cybertron, which I think the new movie is loosely based on. So he's like, these guys could like fix our planet. Okay. And everyone's like, it's a fucking myth, you idiot. And he's like, nay, I'm going to find it. And he just, he's like, anybody who wants to go on a quest, ah. come on, come on down. And just every like idiot and just like shitty transformer. Oh, nice. So there's a meta is, element to it. Yeah. Like joins up. And so. He goes off on this space quest with just a crew of morons and psychopaths, <laughs> and um, it's such a great book. It feels like if Firefly and Doctor Who sort of merged, okay, and but was about robots that turned into cars. Yeah, um, and it, it had great so motivation fun. behind it that they truly want to make something happen, something productive, something forward. Movement. Exactly. Oh, so this was a very long way to uh, get to your. Do you think one of some of them would want to be Uber drivers? <laughs> they started playing with the lore. Uh, and they started really, like, poking holes in, like, why do these things transform? What does a society based on things that transform look like? So they got, really started to get into the I, this idea of, like, uh, for a long time there was, like, a uh, a very oppressive uh, government called the Functionist Government. Wow. Which meant that your, your uh, cast in society was based on what you did. Ah. So, like, if you were just, like, a mining tank... You know, you were you were going to be blue collar for the like you couldn't like right right past that station. But if you were a microscope or something, you know, very useful or like a very elegant war machine, you know, uh, that was your your lot in life was determined on like what you could turn into. So then there's like a lot of like weird little like black market like underground like oh, I went to a chop shop and now I turn into like uh, uh, yeah. like I went to like an illegal. Uh, chop shop, and now I turn into like a slightly working uh, uh, DNA scanner. <laughs> you know? I'm a giant hand that can actually hold Megatron and fire yeah. him. Yeah, but so they started like really like poking at the genre and like playing with expectations. And uh, there was a to unpin our oh, is yeah. he just a big torso early in the run of More Than Meets the Eye, which is just a, such a funny comic that has a, a ton of heart. Uh, written by uh, British writer James Roberts. I, I, we could honestly spend an hour talking about <laughs> it. I love it so much. There's a great gag where um, there is a medic character uh, named uh, Ambulon, and uh, they do a, a standalone issue uh, who, up to this point in the series, we've never seen him transform. He's always a robot. Okay. And um, he's always he. You haven't seen him be an ambulance yet, even though his exactly. name's Ambulon. And you're exactly. like, come on, be an ambulance. Yeah, you're a doctor. Your name's Ambulon. And they do uh, like a sort of a a, a one one and done issue that's sort of like the thing where there's uh, the the ship gets infected and um, with this like disease that only if you're infected it only actually takes hold uh, if you transform. Okay. So then everyone's having to transform to prove they're not infected. Oh, nice. And Ambulon, like, won't do it. He won't do it. And everyone's <laughs> like, oh, you're the responsible for the thing. And so finally he's like, fine. And he transforms, and he's just, um, like, a foot and an ankle, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you just assumed it was Ambulance. It's it, it's a play on words to, to amble. I hate this. <laughs> and so just, like, screwing around with, like, expectations like that. Um, he's like, they, they were experimenting with, like, a medical combiner, and I was the fucking left leg you dicks <laughs> and now you know my shame i'm glad we put a pin in that foot yeah <laughs> hey guys it's sarah meyer co-producer of this show and this week i'm going to be stopping people on the street and finding out how they feel about transformers okay do you guys like transformers no transformers eh. mm. can you sing the theme song no no <laughs> I got no idea. Transformers. Robots oh. in disguise. <laughs> That's it. What do you think about Transformers? They were cool toys. Yeah. Yeah. Optimus Prime. Can you do an, is, Okay. No, I can't do Yes, that. you can. No. Yes, you can. I don't know how it goes. And then I had GoBots. Say again? I had GoBots also. Have you seen the movies? No. I know the Bumblebee car and... Um, 
What's the other big? Come on, Leslie. Um, have you ever have you heard of the Transformers? Yeah, but we haven't had coffee or Diet Coke yet today, so. If you could transform into a vehicle. A 1957 Cadillac. Mm. Uh, I don't know, like a helicopter or something. That'd be pretty sick. Maybe like one of those those big trucks that look really nice, like um, the Rock Drives and Furious, Fast and the Furious. Yeah, they're huge, but they're but they're like dual. I don't know. They have like six wheels, and yeah, they look nice. You can go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so if you could have Michael Bay direct an adaptation of anything, what would you want it uh, to be? I guess another war movie, maybe. Yeah, he's very good with explosions. If he was going to direct a movie based on your life, what would it be called, and what would it be like? Michael Bay directs Life of Sheldon. It would be like a roller coaster because it's so up and down, up and down, up and down. Any explosions in your life? No. Yeah, pretty boring that way. No. What about like emotional explosions? Of course. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Transformers, all of each the odd. There you go. We're going to move on to our how obsessed are you questions. These are questions I ask everybody or variations of them. Do you think about Transformers every day? Yes, uh, for a variety of reasons. (laughs) Like I said, on my commute every day, I pass uh, Lookout Mountain on Laurel Canyon Boulevard and then recite most of the movie in my head. I have uh, Transformers characters at my desk. Yeah, mostly every day. Like I used to just like write my own little short stories and like I... I, I I would do like tabletop role playing for Transformers like a lot okay, and cool. and like run campaigns and stuff like that and you never really stop going that would be a fun idea for a thing you right. you, you can't like undo that even if it's not going to go anywhere yeah. <laughs> like you're like oh that would be a fun Transformers <laughs> story and then it pins in your head somewhere yeah so you just live in that world a uh, part of your I brain is do. always at yeah, war with Cybertron. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, a part of me is always has like that synth score from the 1984 uh, <laughs> movie playing in my head uh, with like a hoverboard. Um, like my my first stand up album uh, was drawn by uh, Livio Ramadelli, who's a very talented artist and is one of IDW's oh, Transformers cool. artists. I'm very lucky to know him, and he did my stand up album uh, and. There's a Autobot, a really obscure Autobot <laughs> on it uh, named Chainclaw. Oh, nice. Uh, who is, t- turns into a bear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, why would anyone give a shit about that toy? But I've always liked that dumb toy. Uh, so it's just me, like, posing with Chainclaw on my oh. album. So, yeah, it's it's very much uh, in my blood. I'm going to look up Chainclaw because I, I like bears. That's pretty awesome. He's pretty rad. Have you ever had a dream about Transformers? I don't remember dreams all that often, but, like, it'd be weird if I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you must have, right? Yeah. Unless, like, if if the point of dreaming and sleep is actually to rewire your brain and give you a fucking break from, like, your day-to-day, <laughs> maybe not, because then maybe my brain's just like, ugh, can we just flush this shit <laughs> yeah, maybe your <laughs> for, like, like, for, like, a few hours? Let's get back to reality while you're sleeping, <laughs> <Yeah>. Joe. <laughs> when someone walks into your home, are they able to tell right away that you're obsessed with Transformers? Um, it, mm, it depends where they look in the house. My wife is also a nerd in, in her own right, but uh, she's also, you know, a, a very artistic Southern lady who likes to keep a nice home. And okay. so we, we've tried to, like, give a pretty good balance of, like, here's all our nerdy shit and then, like, here's our nice home. But okay. if you, like, look in the right, you know, you walk in and it's like, oh, look at this nice little, like, country antique setting. And there's the Transformers soundtrack on vinyl uh, <laughs> on that shelf, you know. Okay. So, yeah. So if if you look, yeah, it's in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> so you've sort of, like, done the Transformers version of Where's Waldo in Ex- your elegant yeah, home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you look at my desk at work, definitely. It's, like, lined <laughs> with them. Uh, we just did a, a video about the trailer for the new movie, which uh, was funny because the whole time I'm just like, this is garbage, this is garbage, this is garbage. And, um, and then in the and but here's what this could mean, here's what this could mean, here's what this could mean, and citing all sorts of things. Uh, and then in the comments, people are like, screw you, you don't know anything about Transformers. And I'm like... <laughs> Don't I? <laughs> um, you can go ahead and disagree with me. But, but. Yeah, it's funny. Our boss, Andy, was like, I just watched that video. I didn't realize you knew so much about Transformers. And then he like looked at my desk and he was like, I should have known that you knew a lot about Transformers. Though. 
Speaking of toys, this is a question I have not asked people before, but I might start uh, when it's applicable. When you, and, got a, when you got a seven? Yeah, when I got a seven. He's right in the sweet <laughs> pocket. As an adult, would you play Transformers under any circumstance? Like, if I came over to your home and brought some toys, would you be yeah. able to play Transformers? Oh, God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, even if, yeah. No, absolutely. Like, I think even when I was a kid, a lot of my playing was just everyone gets put in a cool pose and then I narrate. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I was definitely never a let's smash these together. Yeah. And that means fighting uh, kind of kid. But, oh, God, yeah. 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 It, when you were playing with the, the toys, were you concerned about making them transform too often? Because I only had a few and I was concerned. I was a very uh, neurotic little child. Uh, and I was concerned about making them transform too often that there'd be too much wear and tear. No, I, I was def I was not that kid. I was de- I was the kid that lit a lot of GI Joes on fire, and uh, not a lot of toys sur- survived. I was I had a little bit of Sid from Toy Story in me as, okay. as a as a youth. The Transformers didn't get like the brunt of that abuse, but uh, they they got a lot of love. But yeah, like excited uh, playing, excited playing. Yeah, okay. they, they they got a lot of wear. You transformed the shit out of them. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they were cars and robots often. <laughs> Have the Transformers ever made you cry? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the point of the 1984 movie, so we'll, we'll talk about this on two levels. <laughs> the point of the 84 movie was to clear out the toy line to make room for new toys. Wow. They literally do that by slaughtering the original toy line. Okay. Uh, the Autobots are flying to Autobot City on Earth. Um, so the, the the premise of the movie starts with the Decepticons have conquered Cybertron. The okay. Autobots are hugely on the defensive. They're like hiding out and doing guerrilla warfare from Cybertron's moons. And then they have their base on Earth. So they're running low on resources and supplies on the moons. They're sending a ship to Earth to like resupply. These ships are crewed entirely by <laughs> the... Uh, Original characters, okay. Your, your Iron Hides and uh, uh, your your Huffers, and the and, and Peg Warmers at this point, and yeah, and then all the new characters, which they're gonna then move on with moving forward in the series. Uh, the movie takes place between season two and three of uh, the original cartoon. Okay. Uh, the Decepticon, you know, like just like in More Than Meets the Eye, Megatron sees the ship take off and goes, "Nope," <laughs> um, and so they assault the ship and just slaughter everyone on board and it's it's not like fun off camera like kids this is a kid's walk up to them and rip them apart i mean they just get shot to fuck and like like smoke comes out of their eyes as the glow dies in their faces and they just fall to the ground and that's like uh I've always associated with that with with death. I think is that idea of like just smoke pouring out of your eyes and mouth, and then just falling to the ground. Um, so this is just like a ship full of Bambi's mom. Yeah, like, uh, and then Star screams like, uh, "Oh, now we can assault Autobot City in their own shuttle or something like that." And like Ironhide, who's like clinging to life, he's the Van. He's like Optimus Prime's right hand. He's the okay. stalwart best friend. Yeah, uh, he's clinging to life grabs Megatron's leg and it's like no and Megatron they do it from like Ironhide's point of view Megatron literally like point he has that giant cannon on his arm right that's the iconic Megatron look he just points the cannon like a foot away maybe from Ironhide's head and it's just like ugh, heroic nonsense and then just fires (laughs) and like Jesus Christ uh and then you know Optimus Prime dies like a couple scenes later so as a kid, that wrecked you. Yeah, that wrecked. So you, you everyone. Wept, uh, yeah, as a child, I'm sure I did. Like that made every child cry. Uh, they actually changed the ending of GI Joe the movie because of that. Because Duke from GI Joe was supposed to die in his movie, and then when they saw what they had wrought, uh, they threw a quick ADR at the end of GI Joe the movie that's totally out of place. Yeah, that doesn't match what anyone's saying. Uh, that says, hey, guys, I just got a radio from the hospital. Duke came out of his coma, and he's okay. Uh, the coma was reduced by being stabbed through the heart with a snake staff. So, yeah, yeah, he made a full recovery. And then everyone goes, yay! <laughs> and it ends. Um, uh, so as a kid, uh, this fucking comic, More Than Meets the Eye, that's out now, yeah, is... Such a good comic. This relaunch is one of the first times I think that they've uh, these characters have been treated like 
you would a human character okay. as opposed to like they're these big ridiculous high concept robots right he treats them like people there's romance there's relationships there's friendships there's intrigue and and betrayal and backstabbing and uh one of the setups for um this run uh this is a little spoilery uh but um there's this decepticon called overlord okay who was like this feared decepticon general the the stories up to this point have built him up to be like oh man this dude like slaughtered billions of people and he's he's horrifying and yeah they, they kill him the Autobots finally kill him, and it's like, hooray, victory. But then you find out uh, towards the beginning of More Than Meets the Eye that he's literally strapped to the bottom of their ship. Oh, And you okay. don't know why. Like, he's not awake or activated or anything, but you're like, what the fuck is this all about? <laughs> so eventually, of course, um, Overlord wakes up, and the the comics have been slowly, the comic has been slowly building to this, yeah. like, piece by piece, and all of a sudden, Overlord wakes up. And I think in a lot of comics, they would then do... If it was a Marvel comic, they would do, here's the six-issue Overlord Wars, yeah. where um, we do this big epic event. James Roberts rips off the Band-Aid and does one issue of Overlord just rampaging through the ship and just, like, crushing all of these characters you've 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 really, like, just come to love and care about. And then, uh, I won't spoil the way it ends, right. but he just resolves it in the most heartbreaking way possible. And from the beginning... First page of of this issue, uh, I think I think it's called "In the Cold Blue Light." Uh, it's a pop song reference. I'm not sure what it okay. is. He's very big on uh, his pop references. Um, uh, but I was just like, <laughs> and Torland's like, "What the fuck are you reading?" My this, wife, right? okay. she's like, "What are you reading?" And I was like, "It's cool. <laughs> Pipes is dead. And, um, it happened again. It happened again." <laughs> Uh, oh my god i had no idea it's structured so well like that the first page of every issue they do sort of like a crew rundown with like okay. a picture of everybody's face and here's a quippy sentence about what they do and at the beginning of that issue it's not in the front like it always is it's in the back and there's just x's through oh, like no. most of them and you're like wow. jesus christ um <laughs> it's so good yeah so as an adult i have indeed wept for uh for <laughs> robots that turn into things indeed you have and uh with good reason a less serious question. If you heard a friend say an incorrect fact about the Transformers, would you correct them? Yes. Or do you okay, you don't let that shit slide. Yeah, no, I cannot I can't <laughs> let that slide. I'm I'm not I'm not good at uh correcting sometimes like even to my detriment, like on air if we're talking okay. about something on like Screen Junkies News or something like that, and like someone's like pronouncing someone's name wrong. Like I never know how to do that on air, and so then we just end up with a comment thread full of people like, you guys don't even know how to say that name, you fucking morons. Because, like, I don't know how to, like, really, like, do that. It's hard to be the correction police. But, yeah, but fans want you to do it right. Yeah. I get teased a lot by my buddy Bob because one day he uh, had texted me. I was just, like, wandering around somewhere. I was, like, at a Best Buy or something. We were, like, Christmas shopping. And he texted me and was like, hey, uh, my buddy and I were talking. And we can't remember the names of all the Dinobots. And, uh... Do you remember them? Uh, let me know. And so I like called him real quick and got his like voicemail. And uh, he can't, he still has the voicemail. And he'll just play it for me sometimes because I sound so disinterested. And I'm like, <sighs> slag, sludge, swoop, grimlock. <laughs> just like <laughs> just listening. Uh, <laughs> just like going through. I didn't like mean to do that, but uh, just like yeah. my friend needs this basic information. I'll get him this basic information that people should know. Yeah, that he exactly. Doesn't have. <laughs> Nice. If there was a large bear blocking you from picking up the next issue of the comic book, More Than Meets the Eye, that you like so much, would you try to navigate around the bear to get to that Transformers comic book? I'd be like, chain claw. Um. <laughs> come on just turn into your robot yeah just come on just step aside we're all on the same side here so that's what you've learned from transformers is any object any animal might be sentient and you can reason with it quite possibly i mean look uh they turned into cars they turned into dinosaurs they turned into dragons then they started turning into mammals with and wasps with beast wars uh mcdonald's years and years ago did a happy meal set where uh, mcdonald's food turned into robots i still have That's the fries not right like anything can be a transformer it's so um, weird to teach kids you can eat point... our food and it might turn into a robot yeah. inside you <laughs> like you can point at anything and to quote mark Wahlberg in his shitty transformers movie i think i could have just found a transformer <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah anything 
Okay, so you would try to reason with the bear, assuming it was a transformer. I would try to reason with the bear, assuming it was a a, a robot. Assuming there was something about it that was more than meets the eye. (laughs) And then probably uh, get revenanted. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, This is the final how obsessed are you question. If you could not watch Transformers without you or someone you love first being punched in the crotch, would you still watch or read Transformers? I mean, look. Loving the stuff that we love, we probably took a lot of crotch shots growing up. Yes. Like, I had enough glow-in-the-dark uh, 90s Jim Lee X-Men shirts to, like, <laughs> like I've taken my share of crotch shots. Like, you know, you've like had a, moments in your life where, like, I'm putting on this t-shirt, and I know I'm somebody gonna get might punch me. I'm going to kicked in the balls at Crosby <laughs> Middle School. Um, I'm, yeah. Uh, I got look, kicked in the balls at Crosby Middle School, look, and all we, I got was this dumb glow-in-the-dark t-shirt. You know, and now we're internet personalities, and we take uh, metaphorical kicks to the balls in comment sections on yeah. the daily. You know, uh, yeah, w- let's wear it as a badge of honor. I'll take, I'll take that kick. Right, you suffer for what you love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take that kick. <laughs> nice. let, let, we'll let, let's take some semblance of. When I was young, being a nerd was hard. <laughs> and I, I will happily take that kick to the balls from some dude in a Letterman jacket. <laughs> nice. I asked people to make a noise to sum up their obsession. Can you make a noise to sum up? I mean, it's so I guess it's two things. It's either the noise, it's either uh, which is hard to spell, <laughs> or... um. I guess it's, uh, you've got the touch, which is, um, <laughs> which you would know from Boogie Nights, because that's the song yeah. that Diggler sings, but that is the theme song from the 1984 Transformers movie. It's an actual song by a guy named Stan Bush. Who and did it was written for? For Transformers. Oh, wow. Uh, so he did a song called The Touch, and he did a song called Dare, and they are such, like, metal glorious 80s like power rock cheese he also did um he did songs for Bloodsport and kickboxer i don't know if you remember Bloodsport all that well with jean-claude yeah. van damme but like when he's on the bus and he's like contemplating his life and like he sees a a reflection of chong lee in the mirror and then he turns around there's like this song it's like on my own alone <laughs> like so that was horrible. stan bush uh he is an under him and, and then vince DiCola did the synth score uh, who also did, um, is it Rocky Four that's in Russia? Yeah. He did the score for Rocky uh, Four. Okay. Uh, so those guys are really like underrated 80s Yeah, they like, provided architects. us most like, of the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> I have been rating people's obsession uh, on a scale of one to seven. <laughs> Come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is actually what I've been using. I usually try to give it some uh, flavor. Uh, so I will say out of seven robot balls. Those are fun. <laughs> On a scale of one to seven robot balls, uh, I think you are a firm six obsessed. I'll take it. Yeah, I think you're pretty it. high. Maybe maybe six. maybe a 6.1 even. Maybe Ooh, going that Yeah, high. I'll take it. Because it, That's you, a good tech spec score. Yeah, I mean, you've met, it has infiltrated, like Bumblebee, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> every part of your life, right? <laughs> like, of just your imagining things. You get to deal with it with your actual job. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's in your home. It's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it cannot be escaped. Yeah. Yeah. Well, can you tell people where they can find you on social media? Anything you want to plug? Yeah. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at uh, J-O-E-S-T-A-R-R-187. Instagram, J-S-T-A-R-R-187. You can find me on uh, ScreenJunkies.com and uh, Screen Junkies News. Uh, You can watch Honest Trailers every week. Uh, And then we've been doing uh, this monthly roast series where we roast fictional characters. You can find those at ScreenJunkies.com. We just did uh, The Roast of Darth Vader, which is super great. I'm really proud of it. Uh, You you came on. You wrote on that with us. Yeah, yeah. Knocked it out of the park. It was so fun. uh, you can go to ScreenJunkies.com. Uh, it's part of our... We have a premium channel called Screen Junkies Plus, but you can uh, log in with Facebook and I think watch five uh, videos for free. So oh, cool. you can you can check out The Rose of Darth Vader. It's well worth it. It's uh, Yeah, it, it, it's a real good meat sauce. It's yeah. real good. <laughs> you get to see Joe Star is angry young Anakin. As angry young Anakin. I had a rat tail for a day. Oh, it was dope. Yeah, I loved it. I had a rat tail for a day. The Joe Star story. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so here's some quick plugs for the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter is at Obsessed Podcast. For info on all my upcoming shows, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. I'm doing a New Year's show at Nerd Melt Theater called 2017, A New Hope. So come 
come check that out. There are two ways to support Obsess. You can back us on Patreon and get exclusive bonus episodes every month. For full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw, or you can give money to all the podcasts on the Feral Audio Podcast Network by shopping through our portal. Just go to feralaudio.com, click the Shop on Amazon button, and some of the money will go to supporting Feral Audio. Now, if somebody went to Amazon, what is the best Transformers thing to buy if they're going to buy one thing on Amazon? Uh, If you're going to buy one thing on Amazon, there's a line called the Masterpiece Collection, uh, which is the real spency uh, Transformers, but some of them are gorgeous like there's a masterpiece grimlock that's amazing he's the t-rex uh, oh wow there's a masterpiece uh optimus prime there's a masterpiece bumblebee that's great uh i would yeah uh, there's a really great red alert one uh i would get one of one of the uh masterpiece cool. toys if you're gonna buy one thing cool and or it- i would buy what a dick i would buy volume one of uh transformers more than meets the eye <laughs> and, and start reading that comic it's a you don't have to know anything about transformers if there is a moment where you're like, what? You can just Wikipedia it real quick, and then you're fine. Uh, great comic. Awesome. Awesome. I might go buy a chain claw, because I need that in my life. Um, <laughs> these are the final questions. They don't have anything to do with uh, your obsession, but they can if they if you want. If you could shoot one or the other out of your hands, which would it be? Fire or stamps? <laughs> I mean, the practical question should be, I guess... Stamp, like I was an office temp for long enough to know that like postage is like that's pretty valuable. Uh, stamp stamp should be good, but uh, I gotta go fire. I, I gotta I gotta shoot sparks just like uh, oh, just like that toy, just like double cross. Gotta shoot them sparks. Fair enough. Your your Transformers love goes that deep. If there had been a Transformer who shot stamps, maybe. Oh yeah, maybe and he turns into one of the actual little postage machines. Yeah, he, his name is Postal. <laughs> If you could or try- flat rate. Oh, his name oh, would be flat, flat rate. rate. Oh, course. flat rate. Fuck yes. That's. Is this a game that you play where you name yep. <laughs> yeah. Didn't seem like something fresh and new in the moment. <laughs> if you could trap someone else on a desert island, what TV show would you leave them with? Um. Hmm. What? What show? What, ooh. Um. Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh, really? Yeah. It's 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 uh. It, that's such a great complete story, and it's um. It's really optimistic. It's really upbeat. It's really fun. Uh, I cried like a baby at that one, too. Uh, I, I love that show. So it'd give them a sense of hope that they could get off the island. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's very kind. That's very kind. Maybe they could start doing some of those earthbending uh, katas and uh, bend, their, bend their way off the island. <laughs> get bent off this island. The final question for everyone is, what is happiness? Uh, um, uh, I guess... Um, so for me, I, I guess it would be, um, I don't know, just being a, a certain level of comfort with yourself. Um, I, I was very closeted about being a geek and being nerdy Okay. Uh, for very long, like for a stupid amount of time, even like as an adult, as like a comedian. I mean, you know me now and like I'm nothing but pop culture-y kind of, yeah. uh, I'm going to talk about civil rights, but we're going to do it uh, <laughs> via the lens of X-Men characters. But I wasn't always like that. And then uh, I accompanied uh, a friend of mine who was going to be a guest on Jackie Cation's podcast, Dork Forest. Oh, nice. Uh, which you should also subscribe to. Jackie's yeah, a, a love, wonderful, amazing person. Love that podcast. Love Jackie. And I was just listening to their interview, and I just remember, and, uh, and the, you know, obviously they weren't dicks, so they just, like, let me actually sit in and uh, let me chime in every now and then. Okay. And I realized I was, like, playing it sort of cool. Actually, it was about, they would ask me Transformers questions, and I was like, <laughs> I mean, I think that one turned it. And I was just, like, playing it, and I just remember leaving her house and just being like, this is stupid. That's awesome. This is so stupid. Like, it's not like I'm actually like hiding anything. Like my 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 wife notices when I'm like I'm just gonna look at these comics for a minute. <laughs> not that I really like them. And uh, and just being like, this is so fucking dumb. And then I think I was just like immediately uh, happier. Yeah. After after just really letting that freak flag fly a little bit more, and um, you know, obviously it's it's led to my job and my career and. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I think it improves everything around you. I think the people around you. That's why I love stuff like Dork Force, and I love Obsessed. Yeah, uh, this podcast is. I think the the happier you can be with, like that affects the people around you. Like, um, uh, my mother in law gets to get a lot dorkier about how much she loves like Next Generation and Firefly now because we're nerds, and yeah. she can be like, "Oh, I don't really have that in my like immediate 
but now I can like talk to you guys about how Comic Con. Like she's gonna come to San Diego with us next year, and she's gonna cosplay as Beverly Crusher. And oh, that's stuff like awesome! That. She's so excited. So I, I think yeah, the 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 more confident you can be about the the stuff that you like, I think that that just spreads to everybody around you. Well, that is a great answer. I, nobody has actually ever come on and said, "Well, uh, a podcast led me to happiness." It did very. Happiness. I can I can back uh, and you know Jackie and I aren't exactly like the best of friends in the world or anything like that. Uh, we see each other every now and then and say hello. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can really trace back to that. Uh, one appearance uh, while my friend uh, Bailey talked about uh, paleontology um, that, yeah, I, I left and was just like, this is fucking dumb. Like, yeah. <laughs> like life's too short. I, I understand you like yeah. paleontology, but let me tell you about Beast Wars. Yeah, which is, I guess, a thing I know about or whatever. <laughs> it's something uh, I heard some nerd talking about it once. Uh, so the thing about Cheetor. Um, yeah. It turns out the nerd was me. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Obsessed.